The worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. Our guest today describes herself thus, I am a child of the Windrush generation. Mum is from Jamaica and dad is from a beautiful island called Kanua. I grew up on a council estate from the age of seven. My mum told me I could either be a nurse or a secretary when I really wanted to be a dancer. I've worked in a shipbuilder's office, sold door-to-door insurance, been a model, and at one point held down six jobs. I feel blessed to have discovered the wonderful world of celebrancy, and my aim is to conduct a ceremony in space. Events have always been in my blood. My dad was a DJ when he came to this country, and he and my mum hosted lots of parties at home. As I got older, I used to do the doors on dances, sometimes with over a thousand ponzas a night. I have a huge love for fashion and shoes with 400 pairs. Yes, 400 pairs of shoes. Travel. I believe traveling solo is the best education you can ever have. And swimming, preferably in the sea. Cooking and eating, books and music, walking and dancing. Particularly if I have had a southern comfort with a Bollinger chaser. The achievements I am most proud of in my life are raising my boy, being a celebrant, and 10 years ago donating a kidney to my child friend. Welcome, Jennifer Patrice. Hello, James Lords. Hello. It's lovely to be well, here. Well, um, of all the intros I've read so far, that is the most interesting and dramatic, I think, <laughs> is probably the best word to describe it. You are certainly a lady who's had a life um, in your X number of years that you've been on this planet. So, yes. wow. And um, and you only seem to be starting in your career as well, which is uh, which is another thing as well. So that's wonderful. Now, you said that you're from a, a Windrush baby. Yeah. So no, not not everyone will know what that means. So I know what it means, but yeah. can you just, just explain what it actually means? So the Windrush, um, Empire Windrush came to England on the 22nd of June, 1948. The 22nd of June happens to be my birthday. So it's a lovely anniversary to celebrate on that day. My parents were two of the many Caribbeans that came here to help rebuild the country after the war. And I'm very proud of my heritage, very proud of the legacy that my parents have left or have given, I should say. And the Windrush was the name of the boat. That it was Empire Windrush, yeah. That yeah. came over. Uh, yes, yes, yes. What people don't know is that there were all also, I think, 66 Polish people on that boat. But people don't know that. Wow. It's a very interesting okay. um, snippet. And also, being a celebrant, I, um, I travel through Waterloo Station quite often, as you can imagine. And there's a beautiful statue there <laughs> representing the Windrush generation. And as I go past, I say thank you to my parents, my aunt and uncles that have contributed to this country and um, when I'm so proud to live in. Wonderful. And when did they come over? What was the rough date? 
My dad came in 61 and my mum came in 62. My mum actually flew. My dad Mm -hmm. came on a boat called Bianca Sea. And um, that was the last boat that was allowed in before Portsmouth closed the um, ports for boats to sail in from the Caribbean. And ironically, on its way back, it caught fire and sunk. So my dad was lucky to be on the outward journey (laughs) rather than the return. (laughs) (laughs) I was... um... Yes, wow, you you are a fortunate individual. Lots I of am. coincidences blessed, there. James, yes, blessed, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are blessed. So your parents arrived, um, you grew up on a council estate. Yeah. And so what's your first memory, your earliest influences, and what do you remember from, from those times? My first memory is, um, I think, I think Chris family Christmases. So my mum worked in a hospital, my dad worked in factories until he became a chippy and worked at Whitehall and we would have Christmases and dad would cook the breakfast um, and then we would we were allowed to have either a snowball or a cherry bee those of a certain age will remember (laughs) what those drinks were and then we would go into the living room and we were allowed to open one present before um, breakfast and then we would go into the living room and my dad would put a vinyl record on the gram, the gramophone, and Uh then they would push the coffee table. Every black household had them, a coffee table in the center of the room with a cabinet with all of the glasses and they would push the table out of the center of the um, living room and they would dance. And um, that's how my brothers and I learned to dance. And it was uh-huh. just a joyous day, a joyous occasion. Wonderful. Um, a snowball contains Advocard, doesn't it? Yes, it does. No one's probably ever heard of the well, but very, very few. But it was this yellow, fluorescent yellow yes. goo that uh, usually my grandparents or an old dotty aunt would probably want <laughs> yeah. something at Christmas time. It would never pie. cross my mind um, to drink one now, ever. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, well. I've I've, ne- I've never seen it for sale at an Advocar. I mean, uh, God, God knows, but that 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 takes me back to the nineteen eighties. Thinking yes. about that, definitely. Yeah, yeah. To that point of view. Okay, so tell me about these dances that you used to be that the person on the door. So were you the the money taker or the bouncer or both? So um, I was along with my friend Janice, the um, money taker and ticket taker. Depending uh-huh. on what mood we were each in, would de- say which ones that we were doing. Um, quite often, I was the ticket taker because I was the smiley one. And Janice has quite a straight-laced face, shall we say. But <laughs> what punters didn't know was that my smile hid a steely core and... Um, Janice used to look at them when they didn't have a ticket and say, yeah, you thought she was easy, didn't you? And now you know. (laughs) And so um, I have the nickname of when I'm about to lose my call. Oh, it's Jenny from Deptford. And I've definitely got that Deptford council estate mentality. And I remember in particular, we did a dance and there were queues and queues of people outside. And a guy came in with this girl and um, when he came in, 
Like he didn't have a ticket and we said, so you'll have, you need to buy a ticket to get in. And he looked at the girl and he said to the girl, so are you going to pay? And so Janice and I looked at her and said to her, do you really want to go into the dance with this guy that's brought you out? Ostensibly to say that he's going to show you a good night and then turns around and says, do you want to pay? And needless to say, we let her go in free. He didn't have any money, so he had to go home. Okay, well, we don't mess with Jenny from the block then, do we really? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't. Not if you can yeah. help okay. it, no. <laughs> no. Okay. So um, let's just go on to um, a few few other questions. Obviously, we work in a creative industry. You're, yeah. You're a celebrant. But do you have a favourite art form? You've mentioned dancing before, but it could be something else. I think when I was growing up, I used to... And I still do. I cook a lot. I love cooking. I used to knit clothes. Okay. I used to knit coats and sell them. And um, being able to create something just from a couple of balls of wool and have people pay actual real money for them <laughs> was, um, yeah, was a big thing for me. So um, it's knitting. Well, yeah. what's, um, that's, that's a very Knitting, crochet yeah. or sewing, one of those. In terms of all the dances that you did, what kind of music was it that you went to? Dance hall, reggae, um, lovers rock, soul, R&B, good old-fashioned sing-along songs. And this was in Deptford, was it? Everywhere, was this, was this in, everywhere. In... There used to be a company called RJS, and we would go abroad. We would go to places like Portugal, Tenerife. 400 of us used to go on these trips. Wow. And it wasn't in the days when you could go online and download a song. We had to bring vinyl. We had to bring speaker boxes. I would sometimes be the girl that rolled up the wires, you know, like you roll it up on your sleeve and then pull it in the van uh-huh. and all of that. And um, it, it was good times. It was really, really good times. So was this anything to do with Northern Soul kind of no, um, it explosion? Wasn't. No, it, it was wasn't. Different. No, okay. it was different. It was run by a guy who put on a lot of dances here in this country and two other guys. And we used to look forward to it every single year. And we used to save, um, I had a Saturday job at that one point. I used to save my Saturday job money so that I could go and do it. But the dances that we did here in London were birthday dances for the DJs, Christmas dances, Easter dances, any occasion that we could say, oh, there's going to be a dance for it, then then it would be done. And now they have weekenders. So weekenders in South End, and again, loads of people go, and it's just a good time. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. I think the best dances I've been to are blues dances or shubins. So... A blues dance or a shubin is when you go and you can barely get anybody else into the room. And one of the best ones that I went to was with my brother Tony way back when. And it was next door to my old secondary school, Deptford Green. And we walked in and as we walked in, there was only one floorboard that led from the front door to the actual rooms. And it was a two up, two down all of the rooms were heaving with bodies and it's one of the best nights. There was no light. It was just <laughs> DJs playing music and dancing and slow dancing is my favourite dancing and yeah, good night. 
good memory that was yeah okay okay wonderful do you have a particular favorite style of music is it the ones that, is it is it music that you can dance to so it's pretty eclectic when i die uh-huh. i want to be cremated and i want to have uh-huh. bye bye baby by the bay city rollers yeah i'm spinning around by kylie fire starter and my favorite record of all time shower you with love and then of course dancing queen by abba so that should give you an idea when I'm writing scripts, I like to listen to classical music, but that will give you an idea of the kind of music that I like. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Do you do you watch television, go, go to movies? Do you have a favourite genre, favourite film, favourite TV show? My favourite film, I would say, would be Imitation of Life or Made in Manhattan, Made in Manhattan for obvious That's reasons, and um, for J-Lo and The Wedding Planner is my favourite film of hers. For television, for research purposes only, would be Married at First Sight, the Australian version, because it's bear drama. Wonderful. Now, do you have a special talent? and Does it ever come out? My special talent, you would be surprised to know, is that I can change my voice to a much deeper voice. And when... I'm just, I just feel like messing about. If I'm in the office and I walk out into the breakout area, mm-hmm. I'll walk out and start talking in this deep voice and they'll think that a man is walking along the corridor. You can't say that to us and not give us a demonstration, can you? Okay. Um, <laughs> Hello, James Lord. How are you? Oh, my word. That's amazing. <laughs> Which is in complete contrast to my normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> A man's just stepped into the office. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Okay. That's that's yes. I would not know that that is you. I must no. say. <laughs> Don't do that to me ever at an I event. Won't. I'll, I'll, I won't I'll, ever do I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll think. Oh my god! What's what? What's happened to Jenny? She's been replaced. Right. So you're coming up to a landmark birthday. I know. Yeah. And you do do another job, which I know you you are in the process of 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 leaving and getting yourself out to to become a full time celebrant. Yeah. But in 10 years' time, wh- where do you see yourself, both professionally and personally? In 10 years' time, I want to be the celebrant on everybody's lips. I want to be the first celebrant that everybody thinks about booking and does confirm their booking. I want to be global. I want to be a speaker, James, Lord. I want to be giving uh-huh. keynote talks. And uh-huh. I want people to understand that celebrancy is and should be the first choice of how people get married because it's the only way that gives couples a complete choice of what they do on their day. And there are some changes coming in, aren't yes. there, certainly in the UK, yeah. um, about where you can do ceremonies, et cetera, which will yeah. obviously help with that, But um, yeah. which, which is great. Wonderful. Okay, so you're having a dinner party at home, okay? What food would you serve to your guests? If you had had a dream menu and you could make anything you wanted, or you can have it brought in, or bring a chef in, doesn't really matter. Um, what would you all eat? I would have a fusion of Caribbean, Mediterranean, and Thai. Whoa, that's. Um... I'd have some the best things from those particular genres. So I love fish. So I would Uh definitely have fish from um, the Med. I would definitely have a veg dish 
from um, Thai and Caribbean. I would have to have ackee because ackee is my favorite food. Um, and yeah, I'd have a fusion of those three genres. I'd like to eat healthily, so yeah. Okay, okay. So in your home, you also have a bar with every single drink possibly in the world in it, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. What's your go-to drink and also what would you serve um, your um, your fusion food with? My go-to drink for myself is Southern Comfort, one cube of ice, nothing in it. I don't understand people putting Coke and stuff in drinks. Then you're not drinking the drink of your choice. I would it have is. Bollinger. Uh-huh. I would get a sommelier in, I think. I think that if I had to get a sommelier in, it would be Simon from Clifton House. He knows his stuff and he's quirky. He looks like he should be living in a different era. But absolutely, anything that he suggested would be on the menu. Okay, wonderful. It's a long, long time ago, but for my 18th birthday, my 18th birthday party, people were buying me neat Southern Comforts and I was downing them like nobody's business. And I wasn't too well afterwards, as you can imagine. And I've never had Southern Comfort since. And actually, but if I think about it, I, I can still taste it. So my, 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 my memories are not good as Southern Comfort. It's, it's, it's orange and whiskey, isn't it, I think? I, I can't empathize with you because I've never had a hangover. <laughs> I don't get hangovers. Oh, my, oh, oh my God, so, you must be unique. Yeah, it's just, you know, I was saying to Stuart yesterday... I had so much to drink at the RSVP do last week, so much so that I forgot my address when I was giving it to the taxi driver. I woke up the next morning, right as rain, and went to work. I was fine. Amazing. Yeah. Well, the same can't be said as Stuart. No, I heard. I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fell into the cab. Uh, I, I took responsibility to get him back to his hotel. Uh, yeah, he fell into the cab. He fell out of the cab. I, th- I think he went into the wrong hotel to begin with. Um, and um, so God knows what happened to him after that. But anyway, <laughs> but, but that's what RSVP does to you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> and a very good bar anyway. So, okay. So you have this dinner party. You have all uh, the amazing food. You have the Southern Comfort. You have the Bollinger's drink. What, who's going to be there? And what's your dream dinner party? So Dave Chappelle, first and foremost. Marilyn Monroe, Einstein. They actually met, you know. Did they? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. The, there was a play about it because it's quite an unlikely pairing. But I just didn't know the, that. Um, a meeting was engineered. Yes, it's a Terry Johnson play, but just have a Google. So, I mean, God knows what they spoke about. But anyway, okay. I would then have Jackie O and John himself uh-huh. because I would like Dave Chappelle to give a running commentary of all of the drama that was going on because he's a comedian that he just thinks on his feet and it's very, very near the knuckle. And so, yeah, I would love that. I would have a Carla because a Carla, I think, for social commentary in our current era, he's just the best. I Uh would have somebody like Martin Luther King just to temper uh-huh. the night and keep the peace. But then I would <laughs> equally have somebody that was really, really outrageous and who it would give me great pleasure just to kick out, and that would be Piers Morgan. 
because I just think he's the most <laughs> abhorrent human being, you know, ever to walk the earth. But yeah, that's just my thinking. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair enough. He is he is very marmite, isn't he? He's he really very is. very marmite, and I yeah, don't like yeah, marmite. Yeah. <laughs> Let's actually, you've you've half answered this, but I imagine Piers Morgan will will be put into room one hundred and one, but. Who else would you want to put in there, or what else would you want to put in there? What uh, what irritates you? What don't you like? What do you think the world would be far better place without? Bad customer service. Bad customer service turns me into a completely different person. If you are working in the service industry and you cannot get good customer service, then you should leave forthwith. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something. It is one of my pet peeves. And and that is in a shop. It's in a restaurant, a hotel. It anything. doesn't matter it's... where <laughs> it is. Recently, I went to um, Gestad, and I was travelling through Amsterdam Airport, and a security guard was rude to me, and I lost my temper. I was literally who the bleep, 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 do you think you're talking to? And literally stepped to this security guard. <laughs> and another security guard sort of took me by the elbow and gently led me away and said, you know, I'll have a word with her, blah, blah, blah. But I was thinking, you need to let her know you don't chat to people like that. I completely mm-hmm. lost my composure. I was not best pleased, James. I was not best pleased. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I'll make a note not to go through Shiphole Airport with you in yeah, future. Yeah, sure, yeah, don't. <laughs> okay, anything else into Room 101? Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes. Would go into Room okay. 101. He and Piers don't get on, do they? So it'll be quite a big fight in there, I imagine. Well, I, I think that it's um, fair to <laughs> say him, Eamon Holmes, Piers Morgan, and anybody that has any kind of Trump DNA... They can all go in there together and they can throttle each other and we'd all be happy. It isn't just male middle-aged breakfast TV presenters, no, you don't like. There are a few other people, but I won't (laughs) mention them. (laughs) Okay. Okay, wonderful. So, Jenny, what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? And you've had one hell of a life, so, you know, and we've only got half an hour. That's all I can say. Oh, James, I can't tell you. Is it that bad? It's that, Is it really bad. that bad. I I'm actually blushing. Oh, oh wow, okay. Can I you, can't on, tell g- you that. Give us give us a hint. <laughs> no? Nothing. You're not even gonna say say it, no? No, I can't. I can't tell you that. I can't. I'll tell you one day over a southern comfort when you're having a drink of your choice. Let's just use All right, that fine. answer. Wonderful. Okay, and do you want to confess anything? Is there something that you've done in your past life you want to get off your chest? By and large, I'm a good no. girl. Yeah, I'm a good no girl. No regrets, no. Jenny regrets Rianne, okay. Yeah, no, no regrets, no regrets. Actually, I regret not doing this sooner than I have, but that that's the only one. Okay, wonderful. Now, and where do you go to chill out, relax, your holiday? You want to get away from it all. What do you do and where do you go? I go to Canawan. There are... Uh-huh. Maybe fifteen hundred people that live there, and you go there and you can sit on the beach by Mangrove Bay, and you're completely by yourself, and there's nobody else there, and you swim, and you just completely by yourself, mm-hmm. 
that to me is just relaxation, really. Wonderful. Okay. So, Jenny, we're coming to the end of this, but I've got to ask you about your shoes. 400 pairs. How big is your house? It's over 400 pairs, actually, and counting. So I have a one-bed flat, and my <laughs> shoes <laughs> have taken over. Yeah. It would seem so, yes. And are there some pairs you've never worn? Then be honest. There are some pairs that I've never worn. There are some pairs that are not for walking in. There are some pairs that, um, there are a few pairs that I wear all the time. And there are other pairs that I see them and I just think they're just too pretty not to buy. Yeah. And there are some pairs that I've only worn once because they are just so uncomfortable, but they were gorgeous. (laughs) And Yeah. um, yeah, I love, love, love shoes. Is it a particular brand? Are you a Louboutin or Jimmy Choo or, or something else? So, funnily enough, I don't have a pair of Louboutins. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, you have to start then. My designer of choice is Jimmy Choo. But um, okay. there uh-huh. are some that I like in the Louboutin collection, but not as much as I like in uh-huh. the Jimmy Choo. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And I would like to think that I'm not, although I have the moniker of Imelda Marcos, I would like to think that. As a person, I'm much nicer. Warren Buffett, who I'm sure you've heard of, yes, he's, he's an investor cool. and a, v- a very successful man. He says that collectors are happy people. I, I believe that. Yes. And if you have a hobby, you know, which and, and you collect things, and it could be, it doesn't have to be something that you even buy. I mean, um, his business partner collects inanities, i.e., stupid things that people say, and he writes them down and he just, and he just collects them, <laughs> which is, um, which is interesting. But, um, but, and you are a very happy person, Jenny. And I think it's because you collect shoes. Ostensibly, I, really I am a very happy person. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're coming to the end now, Jenny, I'm afraid, of our time together. So, Jennifer Patrice, Windrush Baby, Imelda Margos Wannabe, Deptford Girl, Dancing Queen, Abuser of Security Guards, <laughs> and a lady who has no regrets. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure and a joy. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.